0: Can't speak Norwegian? We've got you covered on Snack Kynorsk. its international students.
1: Good afternoon and uh, welcome to i Kynorsk on uh, Radio Nova. My name is Mac and I am in the studio today with <laughs> Hannah and Audrey. Ooh. And welcome back. <laughs> thank nice you. It's a show yeah. again. Very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, so uh, we are very, very, very close to Halloween.
2: So close. Yeah. It's on Tuesday this year? Yeah. It's on
1: Tuesday, yeah.
0: But I feel like it's already happened. It's Halloween Yeah, that's the main event.
2: Halloween is like a state of mind, yeah. you know? <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so, and so, uh, topics for today, uh, ladies.
2: Well, today we're going to be talking a lot about horror film. Um, yeah. Just the history of horror cinema, but I think you're going to be talking about
0: kind of how like horror films are overlooked mm. um, and like award shows and why it's not treated as a like you know an action movie, which yeah. can be just as trashy, but it's not treated with the same respect. So,
1: mm. yeah, All representation. Right, yeah. And so, uh, do we have a bit of a talk about Halloween costumes? Yeah, kind of to
0: jumpstart and sum up the Halloween weekend. But what, what uh do either of you have really memorable Halloween costumes from the past?
2: Well, this is the first year that I haven't dressed up, and I feel so bad about it, but I had a show on Friday. Um Frankenstein. So I was like fully in my stage costume all night, so the last thing I wanted to do the rest of the weekend was get dressed up again. But I've had a couple really good ones. And like I've <laughs> I've never done like a sexy costume like they're always kind of unfortunate <laughs> costumes mm. so when I was 14 I was Bilbo Baggins from oh. the Lord of the Rings uh, you know the most male gazy costume you could possibly think of but I will say one of my favorites I've ever done was um, Danny from Midsummer, Florence Pugh's character oh. So I, I had on the flower crown and the kind of Swedish folk nightgown, like the white gown. Um, but I remember that I ended up staying out much longer than I thought I would at this party I went to in this outfit that I had to taxi home the next day in <laughs> in that costume, which was... It happens. It was such a vibe. <laughs> it was such a vibe. Just in my little, my little culty Swedish outfit. Yeah. <laughs> How about you?
1: Uh, uh, oh, uh, I love costumes. So mm-hmm. that's, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing in my life. I could buy one every year uh, or make them sometimes. Um, I think I was having this conversation last night at a Halloween party. And, I, and um, for me, the most fun one I had was a Santa Claus outfit. Uh, so, you know, the, the vest and the pants and, you know, but with a twist. Because It was a uh, terrorist Santa Claus, so I had balaclava gun, a uh, bomb vest, and just knocking on people's door I and mean, being like, That is not what I thought you we were gonna <laughs> Give say. Give me some candies, so or we kill you. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, back then terrorism was not as trendy as now, so it was okay, but then, yeah. I, I don't think I could do
2: this again. Back then? <laughs> From,
1: when, when was this? <laughs> well, you know, you know, when I was younger, to the the, the big terrorist attack like the 9-11 um, and all those things that have happened around the world and in Europe, those didn't exist mm-hmm. yet. You know, if we talked about terrorism, it was like something very, very remote, very, very small. It was not like today the way we talk about it. So for me, I was like, yeah, sounds good.
2: I don't know how this is a good idea how the how the turns of tables (laughs) yeah (laughs) how about you
0: um my best by far I was like seven eight and I was really into history but mostly just like royal history just random queens so i was marie antoinette and i I had a massive like white wig and it was i did not look like an eight-year-old i was got a lot of looks but everyone thought i was martha washington which was she's like george washington's wife which Mm -hmm. was not the look i was going for but no it was lovely
2: yeah like what eight-year-old is like you know what i want to be george washington's wife (laughs) right (laughs) what a cool costume (laughs) i might be sexy sue sylvester For class on Tuesday, Sue Sylvester, who's that? Have you seen Glee? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's Jane Lynch's character, like the really, really, honestly abusive (laughs) (laughs) um, cheerleading coach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I have the whole costume that I used last year. But my friend lost her phone right before we got to the club last year, so I feel like Sue Sylvester has not gotten the the attention, the the platform she deserves. Yeah, um, Yeah. time to bring it back. Also, it's a very comfy outfit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want
1: for Halloween night. It could be a long night. It could be a long night. (laughs) Tracksuit is very welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You're dressing up for class as well. Yeah. All right. Um, Yes. Are we going with you, Hannah?
2: Yeah. So I wanted to talk about horror cinema today. Um, I was actually at a really, really great horror cinema seminar at the Cinematheque Yushlu yesterday, covering some talks and screenings there for the magazine I'm at. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm personally like micro dosing my way into being a horror fan <laughs> um like were you guys ever really into horror film growing up, or, or no. no for
0: me i I'm completely terrified, and every everything I see, I'll turn it into like an anxious like nightmare later mm-hmm. so i- I really have to like inch into it, and I just try and only watch the best ones, so i'm not I know I'm not like wasting my I don't know my emotion mm-hmm. on so it, what if that would makes sense. what
1: would be the best one then? Oh not like the be- but the like classics something
0: or? yeah, so the classics, but also I don't know, good reviews like midsummer or like that that took a lot for me to be able to watch that in theaters too because I can't go to the theaters to watch.
1: Um, but yeah, if that answers your question. How about you, Mac? uh yeah, I'm also very like uh, a e- easy skin <laughs> um, I don't like. All the paranormal stuff, the, the the weird creepy ghost that just jumps at the screen and all that. Mm. I, I grew up with uh, scary movies being more like uh, the, cla- the classic. And it was, when I was younger, it was like the evolution between the classic Hitchcock to Slasher. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. not the paranormal yet.
2: Yep. Well, we're um, going to talk about that, actually. Yeah. But it's yeah. fine. I don't need to watch movies. It's, it's okay. I have enough fear in my life. <laughs> but go on (laughs) no so i mean i was looking up um like some of my degree has to do with film history i love film history but if we if we look at history um for as long as we can remember humans we've always been into the dark and macabre the spooky and the scary the gore and the ghoulish but when you think of horror what do you usually think of do you think of jump scares do you think of darkness? Do you think of, like, tortured minds? Like, it really runs the gamut.
1: I, I think there's two things. There's, like, the, the paranormal, the, the, the jump natural, scare. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The un, unexplicable, um, mm. you know, weird stuff. And then the torture, the scenes of torture with blood. And, and so you're going to die in a horrific way. Like, there's a rat entering your mouth or something. I yeah. don't, know. I just don't wanna <laughs> know why people.
0: Yeah, yeah, I automatically go towards like movies like Conjuring or like Saw, just like just the torture. That's the biggest part. Like yeah. paranormal stuff doesn't bother me too much, but when it's realistic, it's something that could technically happen, but that's where I go. Yeah,
2: yeah. but that's like such a generational thing about what kind of era we grew up with of horror. But yeah, I was looking at kind of the definition that the Dictionary of Film Studies has for horror cinema, and this was a book that was published in 2012, written by uh, Annette Cunn and Guy Maxwell, and they define horror as, quote, A large and heterogeneous group of films that, via the representation of disturbing and dark subject matter, seek to elicit responses of fear, terror, disgust, shock, suspense, and of course, horror, duh, from their (laughs) viewers. Horror is a protean genre spawning numerous subgenres and hybrid variants, gothic horror, supernatural horror, monster movies, psychological horror, and splatter films, just to name a few. So I was kind of thinking, like, what is the history of mainstream horror cinema? Because I really don't even know how to, like, um, condense it all. Because when when we say horror films, like, some of us think of slashers. Some of us think of Hitchcockian uh, suspense thrillers. Mm -hmm. Like, it really is such a large, large, large group of films. Yet when we use that term, it's kind of, like, a bit throwaway. Um, So before we talk about the first horror film... I wanted to say that there have been like precursors to horror film before the advent of cinema. So in the 18th and early 19th century, there was this thing that was called the phanta, uh, the Phantasmagoria that was very popular in Europe. Have you guys heard of the Phantasmagoria? I think so. Yeah. So it was um, it was essentially like a theatrical performance using magic lanterns, which were an early kind of projector um, that would manipulate light and shadows so that ghoulish imagery could be presented to an audience. And usually like the imagery would be demons, skeletons, like biblically disturbing Uh, material that would be projected onto walls smoke and fabric screens and you'd have this imagery accompanied by sound effects and music and people would also if they were in the audience they'd maybe like you know ingest some mind alter altering substances to uh make it an even more um fun experience which i'm like that's not that far from our own viewing practices today but when we talk about the first horror film it was one by Georges Mellier, the French illusionist actor and filmmaker who made the iconic A Trip to the Moon, the, the yeah. movie from 1902 that's really well known for like that imagery of the moon with the rocket in its eye. Um, but before that film came out, he made a three-and-a-half-minute-long film called Le Manoir du Diable. <laughs> <laughs> the Devil's Manor. Exactly, which is also known mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. The Haunted Castle, depending on which English translation you're looking at. Um, and you can watch that one on YouTube and it's it's basically just like a haunted house where you see like this bat flapping around for a bit and then all of a sudden it poofs and it's a man in like a devilish outfit. Um, and it's quite charming to watch now, mm. but you just have to keep in mind that audiences over a hundred years ago were like, this is the scariest thing yeah. I've
1: ever seen. And I suppose our notion to religion, the devil and all those things, you know, it, it, it really scared people out uh, Yes, or it scared to people to
2: stay inside their houses at night. <laughs> exactly. So the New York Film Academy, they have a really good breakdown of horror film history over the 20th and 21st centuries. Um, And it's a little bit North American-centric, just as a heads up. But, yeah, when we kind of think about, like, the idea of like mainstream horror, we're really thinking about the golden age of horror, and that's in the 1920s and early 30s. That's when we have Nosferatu, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which are kind of seen as um, like canon films in terms of film history academia. But we also get the first monster movies. We get Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, The Mummy, and I think those ones really kind of solidified a certain aesthetic. Like the way we think about Frankenstein now and uh, The Wolfman are very much tied to these movies from the 20s and 30s that kind of um, really decided what that look of a monster movie would be. So and those ones also made big stars of people like Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi. Um, so I would say that's kind of the golden age where horror really started becoming part of the mainstream. But this was also a time in Hollywood where there wasn't really a censorship code until 1934. So you could get away with some pretty crazy stuff on screen, um, including like the movie Freaks, which is kind of a freak show uh, horror film that was banned for 30 years after it was released. And it still holds up, apparently. I haven't seen it because it looks terrifying. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, in 1934, the Hayes production code came out and they were like, they were like, no picture will be produced that lowers the moral standard of the public and... You know, we, we don't want to give sympathy for wrongdoing crimes and sin. Mm-hmm. So it's really after that comes into play that horror kind of shifts towards other versions. Um, like post-World War II, it's a lot of like Cold War anxiety focus, a lot of radioactivity, space. Space is scary, yeah. you know. Um. We also get like Hitchcock, who's not really doing horror per se, but it's it's suspense, like setting the mood. Exactly. Like I haven't seen Psycho yet. I know I should. I've seen clips of the birds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and That one is, I mean, you know, the special effects have aged in a charming way. Oh, yes. But but that I I think Hitchcock really kind of brought in the idea of like the suspenseful horror, which would be picked up on later Mm. in the 70s. But it's like we got Hitchcock in the 50s and then it kind of goes back to garbage in, in the late 50s and 60s because everyone's getting really creative. They're like, oh, you know that we can use like 3D glasses now and smell where they'd have like either different uh, odors being... You know, brought into the cinema where you'd have like a scratch card where it's like time to scratch off this certain smell at this like point in the movie. Um, Classy. Very, (laughs) very classy cinema, uh, cinema practices. But so at that point, it was like horror that was kind of relying on gags. Um, But then you get Night of the Living Dead, which was the first big zombie flick. And that one really influenced a lot of movies after because the 70s then see a turn towards what I would call like the advent of prestige horror. Um, And you can argue with me there if you want to, but I think there's kind of like this mood in North America, at least where you have like the Manson murders that happened at the end of the 60s. In the 1970s, we kind of see this turn towards what I'm calling like the advent of prestige horror um, just because there was a lot of Uh, discourse in the news cycle of the day about different cults that were oriented around devil worship and supernatural subject matter, and that that really had a grasp on um, specifically North American society at the time. But When I say prestige horror, I think a lot of the movies that we think of as the classics in terms of horror cinema are from the 70s. This is the decade where we have William Friedkin's The Exorcist come out, which was in 1973. And I actually think that Vega screening that on Halloween this week. He also passed away earlier this year. Um, But then we also have Stephen King's literature really taking over horror film. We have Carrie and The Shining, which is one of my personal favorites. Shelley Duval stands, stand up. Um, but after this, this decade of like this more kind of literature heavy prestige horror, um, the New York Film Academy, they write that, quote, If there's one trope that typifies the 80s, it's the slasher format, a relentless antagonist hunting down and killing a bunch of kids in ever increasing inventive ways one by one. Arguably kicked off by the Texas Chain Massacre in 1974, the output became prolific over the next decade. For every 10 generic slashers, however, there was one flick that would end up becoming a cult classic, even if critical success was mixed at the time. Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street are the most prominent examples. Um, I've actually never seen any of those, and it's because I feel like the slasher would absolutely terrify me as, like, a young woman in an apartment in a downtown city. I'm like, nah, that's not for me, dude. Like, that is the least conducive subgenre of horror for my mental state. But I think the slasher has really lodged itself as, like, I think one of the most iconic versions of the genre. Because when we think about, like, Hollywood horror in the 2000s, um, some people will say that it kind of suffered as a genre. But I think that the 2000s really see horror being taken um and played with in terms of the genre conventions because we have like the scream franchise happening uh remember those scary movies Mm, scary movie
0: four those were actually scary
2: were they because i just remember okay (laughs) (laughs) different strokes for different folks Um, a lot of zombie flicks zombie flicks were huge in the 2000s and then you were mentioning earlier all these torture films and that would be like um the saw franchise so and we also have the found footage thing when we think of paranormal paranormal activity uh blair witch project to name a few but yeah it's kind of like when i think of horror in the like 2000s there's almost like a cheapness to the genre where it's like we're either going to make fun of it in these kind of funny parodies where charlie sheen is showing up all of a sudden or it's kind of like these you know quickly chucked out like how gory can we make this like how much messed up stuff can we put on screen in a highly, like highly realistic way? Like not as much theatrical red blood and like the campy ones that you've seen. So I think this, um, this era of horror really plays with like the notion of taste and how graphic you can be with things. Mm -hmm. But I think the last 10 years have been super interesting for horror because you're going to be talking about, Audrey, you're going to be talking about, like, how we're kind of in this prestige era. Or, like, horror is being come to be seen as a bit more well-respected as a genre, more recognition.
0: Yeah. Not as
2: relegated to the fringe.
0: Right. Not moving away from, like, the Saw and the Conjuring-type things that I think give... Not that they're not good movies, but they kind of give horror, like, a bad slant in the eyes of whoever decides what's prestigious and not, Mm -hmm. you know?
2: But I think that's why, like, I didn't really engage with horror until the most like the last few years because all i could think about was oh god it's gonna be saw and it's like some dude's gonna be getting like his leg chopped off and i'm gonna have to look at like arteries and just right. not your jam no. no you just had to find your weight no yeah. i was a precocious um i was more into like my historical dramas i'm yeah. like i'm good uh, <laughs> everyone else was like sneaking into paranormal activity for oh. Not mm. for me, dude. Never, no
0: <laughs> never was, was me.
2: But th- the screening I was at yesterday, one of the movies was The Witch by Robert Eggers, yes. which I'd never seen. But I, yeah. That
0: is a slow burn, but that is oh terrifying. My, I
2: jumped. Yeah. I jumped. Oh my God. But that, that I'm like, oh, yes, this is prestige horror. This is the, everything is on point. This is like the Oscar Beatty horror. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that like in a dismissive way, but it's.
0: No, but it, it's so because when you're so used to all of the the main, mainstream, whatever that is, uh, horror movies, when you see something that's so uh, that's so just uh, I'd, like slow burn because it can't catch so so many people's attention. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I watched The Witch for the first time with my roommate and she's used to, you know, Saw, all of that stuff. And she watched and she's like, I don't get it this was really boring it wasn't scary it's like how is it not terrifying to you i don't know i think that's interesting
2: i would love to learn more about like the modern horrors that you've been watching
1: you've been listening to a podcast from snykerikinovsk for radio nova